Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings and Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for patiently waiting for me to come back after a few weeks off. It was really nice to take that time off and be with family and just have some downtime. And I hope you got to enjoy the same. My wish for all of you in 2023 is that you experience lots of love and laughter, that a long-held dream becomes a reality. And that you experience the discomfort of growth and that you're able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of each day and honestly say, I did my very best today. And when that very best isn't up to your usual standards, you give yourself a break and love yourself anyway. So that is my wish for all of you. I want to start today's episode by saying that I'm a planning geek. So goals and strategies and mapping out things really excites me. And I love realizing aggressive goals that I set for myself, whether it's in my business or in my personal life. So today, I really want you to pick one area of your professional life that you would like to see massive change in in 2023, whether it takes the whole year to achieve it or a quarter or even a month. But if it's a pretty massive change, it might take a little bit longer. So step one here is going to be to choose the general area that you want to work on. So I want to give you some possibilities. Could be a promotion that you want. It could be a substantial raise. And those two things, of course, could go hand in hand. A new job, whether it's with a new company or in a new area of your current company. Maybe you want to get a new certification. Maybe you've always wanted to get the the PMP or a SHRM advanced certification for human resources. Maybe you want to complete a degree or maybe you want to start. Maybe your goal is to actually get started on a master's degree. It could also be learning how to do something, learning how to whatever it is. It could be something in your professional life. That's really what we're going to focus on today. But you can use this process as well to learn how to speak a foreign language just because you want to maybe travel there. I would love to learn Italian because I want to go back to Italy. Maybe you want to get better at something. So there's something that you already have some skill in or some ability in and you want to get better in that area. Maybe you want to stop something. Now, the obvious ones, you know, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop overeating. But it could be stop gossiping. It could be stop procrastinating. It could be stop thinking negative thoughts so much, whatever it is. It could be developing a better relationship with a specific person, whether that's someone in your work environment. Maybe it's someone, a colleague who doesn't work at your company that you think You could benefit each other by having a closer relationship. This, of course, could also be someone in your personal life. Maybe you want to win a certain award, so some kind of achievement award at work that is based on performance, and you want to do whatever is possible to win that award. 
Maybe you want to become a subject matter expert in something. And I did an episode on this, and I apologize that I don't have it in my notes. What episode it was? It was a while ago, but it was talking about how to turn you know, how to become a subject matter expert, how to develop an area of expertise and become known for that. And another possibility would be to write an article for a certain publication. So those are some possibilities. There are many others, but hopefully it gets your brain thinking about a possible area that you want to see movement in. Now, notice that I'm not saying pick four areas or, you know, set a goal in all of these areas or any of those things because that's too overwhelming and you're really setting yourself up for failure if you do it that way. So I just want you to pick one area. Step two, then, is going to be to set a SMART goal. And as review, SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-sensitive. Now, the R is the one letter of this that I see most frequently change. So I was, for example, I was reading an article recently, and they used relevant for the R in SMART. I've got it set up as realistic, meaning that it is you know, it is doable, but relevant works as well. And I think I maybe like that better now that I've seen it. So let's do a few examples. So let's say that your area that you want to see movement in is a substantial raise. So your SMART goal might look like this. I'm going to ask the boss for a 20% raise at my performance evaluation in June. Now, let's talk about how that is a SMART goal. It's specific because it's 20%. We know what I'm making now, so 20%, that's a concrete number. And I would want to translate that into, you know, a, a dollar number as well. Measurable, pretty straightforward. Did I ask for it or didn't I? Now, notice that the goal is to ask the boss not to obtain a 20% raise because I can't control what the boss does. I can't control the company's financial situation or guidelines for raises or any of those things. But what I can control is asking my boss. So the measurement for this goal is, did I or did I not ask him or her at my performance evaluation in June? Achievable. Is it achievable to do this ask? Absolutely. There's nothing preventing me from asking my boss this. And realistic. Now, for me in this situation, realistic is a 20% raise. Is that a realistic ask? So not, is it realistic to ask my boss, but is it realistic to ask for a 20% raise? And based on my salary, the market rate, I've done my homework, maybe I know what some other people are making in similar roles at my company or other companies, 20% is a realistic ask. And then finally, time sensitive. So I already have my performance review scheduled for June 19th, and that's when I'll ask. So that is then a SMART goal. If I had said that my goal was get a raise in 2023, that's not a SMART goal. If I've said make more money in 2023, also not a SMART goal. But my goal was ask boss for a 20% raise at my performance evaluation in June. Here's another example. So if your area that you want to improve in is to get better at delegating, your SMART goal might look like this. Delegate the annual report copywriting to Dana and the quality assurance for the annual report to James, which is due on 3-01-2023. Now, what's specific about that? I'm going to delegate the annual report copywriting and quality assurance. I'm not just saying delegate stuff. <laughs> delegate more. That is not a SMART goal. I'm delegating a specific report and I'm delegating specific pieces of the report. Measurable. So my measurement for this one is, 
did I just supervise the goal rather than work hands-on, yes or no? So did I really step away from those two aspects, provide oversight, guidance, coaching, but did not do that, those parts of the report myself? Achievable. Dana and James are both fully capable of doing this work. They would probably enjoy the challenge. They would appreciate that I respected them enough to ask. So it's a win-win. It's very doable for Dana and James to take on these pieces. Then we have realistic. It makes sense for Dana and James to be involved in this project for their professional development. So at the same time, it's helping me to delegate some things, get some things off of my plate. I am benefiting Dana and James. And then time sensitive, I've said the project is due on 301-2023. So they've got to do their part prior to that or, or they don't. Very black or white. So that's step two. Step three then is to write down all the ways that this won't work. So if we go back to the example of asking for a raise, how why won't that work? Well, I, I'll be too nervous. I'll chicken out and I won't ask. My boss might get mad at me and, oh no, that would be terrible. My boss might fire me for asking. I actually had a client recently that that happened to. They basically blacklisted her and got her out within three months of asking for a very realistic raise based on the work she put in. And so it does happen. I hate it, but it does. My boss might tell me I don't deserve that much money, might start telling me all the things I've done wrong and I'm not worthy of that much money. My boss might laugh at me. My boss might counter with a much lower raise. Well, we can give you a 5% where we're giving everybody else. My boss will tell me it isn't possible to give me that much money. In the example of delegating the annual report, the reasons that that might not work, Dana or James might refuse to do the work. Dana or James might not do a good job. I may spend more time supervising them than if I just did it myself. I might end up having to do it all over again at the last minute. Dana or James might leave the company before the project is due, and I'll be left picking up those pieces. And others on the team may be jealous of Dana or James because they got this important assignment and they didn't. So we now have this list of reasons why it won't work. So then step four is to use that list of problems, reasons that it won't work, to come up with action steps to solve. In other words, we are not anticipating asking for a raise or delegating these two pieces of the annual report to Dana and James to be without its challenges. And when we can recognize and foresee those challenges, we can help to prevent them or be ready for them when they occur. So if we have the example of the asking for a raise, so if we've got this thought, I might be too nervous to ask for a raise, well, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice with my significant other, a friend, a colleague, a coach. I'm going to prepare as best I can. Can't control what the boss does. If I'm thinking the boss might get mad, again, can't re control how the boss reacts, but I'm going to practice delivering my request in such a way that it is polite, it is respectful, and, and yet I'm standing up for myself. So I'm doing everything that I can to make a proper ask, but I know that I can't control how the boss reacts to that. So again, if the boss decides to fire me for asking, I'm saying kind of thing. I'm going to deliver it as politely as possible, standing up for myself and, and hopefully having the attitude that if I'm going to get fired for asking for the amount of money that I deserve, I don't want to stay in this company anyway. And it's probably best that I, you know, was terminated because it, forced me to look elsewhere for a better opportunity. 
if the boss thinks that I and says that I don't deserve that much, well, I'm going to have data to back up my request. I'm not just going to go in and say, I think I deserve. I'm not going to go in and say, well, my mortgage just went up or I bought a new car and it costs more money. I'm not going to give them any of those weenie excuses, but I'm going to have good solid data on what comparable positions pay in our in our geographic area, etc. If my boss counters me, well, I'm going to practice how to counter. Maybe, I, again, I might use a coach for this or a professional that I trust to practice negotiating and counter offering so that I get what I want. If my boss tells me that it's not possible to give me that much money, I'm going to have examples prepared that refute that. So whether that is, well, I know that you did it for so-and-so, or I understand that you know, whatever the case could be with your company that would help to kind of convince them otherwise or or show evidence of other otherwise. So what if your goal is more long term? So maybe, for example, your goal is to become a better leader then you your goal, specific smart goal might be to attend three leadership seminars or events in 2023. I want you to notice how that is a that is chunking down that very nebulous area of becoming a better leader, which is, again, not a smart goal. It's just a an area. I want to work on my leadership skills. Well, I could look at that from uh, seminars like I, I'm suggesting here, but it could also be getting into a mentoring relationship with someone at work. Maybe there's some books that I want to read. Maybe I want to attend some other kinds of maybe shorter term seminars or something longer term that would give me a, a leadership certification. Maybe I want to look into how do I get into the high potential leadership program at my company. So there's lots of ways to approach this. In this example, it's going to be about attending three leadership seminars or events in 2023. So the problems and the solutions might look like this. If I don't know where to find the best events, then I'm going to mark off time on my calendar in January to research upcoming events and vet them out. What are people saying about them? Maybe I can somehow trace it back to somebody that I know that has attended that workshop or that certification to see what their experience was like. You know, I'm, I'm going to do all that research because we often don't back up far enough in our goals. We have a goal and we don't think about step one is, I don't know what I don't know. I've got to do that homework. So I can't, I can't plan to attend seminars before I've registered for them. And I can't register for them until I know they exist. And knowing that they exist is not enough. I have to also know whether they're good and, and effective and, and they do what they say they're going to do. If my objection is my boss might not want me gone that much in 2023, I'm going to speak with him and get his support to attend. So I might schedule a meeting. Maybe maybe we have monthly meetings anyway. And so in January, I'm going to say, hey, this is a goal I've set for myself to achieve it. I think the best way of me to do it is to go to three seminars or events in leadership. And I might even ask his advice on any that he knows of or can point me in the right direction as well. But I want to get his buy-in early on. If I don't know if my company will pay for that much training in one year, then I can also check with my boss on that at that same time. If I need to pay out of pocket, I will. I'm going to be willing to do that because this is a goal that's really important to me. And if I feel like I can't take that much time of work because of my work schedule, I'm going to identify a second in command for my function who can be in control when I'm out or cover for me when I'm out. I'm going to make sure that there's no hiccups or blips in 
output, you know, customer service, whatever it is that I do in my job while I'm out. And I'll train that person. And I'm going to tell my boss that in the January meeting. Maybe I've already talked to Sue and Sue's more than willing to do it. Sue would really like to learn some of the areas that I work in anyway. So she's excited. And I can tell my boss that at that initial meeting. So that's step four. Step five is to calendar in your steps to success. As a planner and strategist, I love to put everything in my calendar. And whether this is in a calendar that everybody can see at work or whether you can hide parts of your calendar or keep a separate calendar for your personal goals, whatever you want to do. But if you need to, you know, research training or find books to read or how to set something up, whatever it is that you need to do in those initial stages and really throughout your goal, you want to block out time to do so. Otherwise, it doesn't get done. It gets shoved to the back burner because you've got fires to put out at work and there are urgent and important things to deal with. And you want to give yourself sufficient time to complete the task, but not so much that there's a ton of wiggle room and you can kind of be lazy about it. I also don't want you to think that it's going to take you 10 minutes to research three events that you want to go to for leadership training. That's not enough time. So be realistic so that you don't get frustrated. You don't have time to waste all of that. If you plan to return to school, if that's your goal, then you're going to want to block out time to attend classes. And of course, before that, you got to block out time to find out which program I want to do and register and what are the tests I have to take and what other paperwork do I need to fill out? Do I need to get some kind of vaccinations or proof of vaccinations or, you know, what books do I need to buy? Do I need a certain computer that I don't already have? So all the things I've got to block out time as well. Once I'm in class to study and to make sure that I'm going to be successful, it's not enough for me to just attend classes. I want to excel in them. And if you want to approve a working relationship, then maybe you would schedule lunches or other out-of-office time with that person so that you can cultivate that relationship. So calendar in your steps to success is step number five. Step number six is choose an accountability partner carefully. And this one's interesting because I just was getting coached yesterday on a personal issue that I'm a goal that I've set for myself in 2023. And we really talked a lot about having an accountability partner for what I want to do. So I love mastermind groups for this purpose. And if you're not familiar with that concept, it is the concept that when two minds come together, two or more minds come together, it creates something that is greater than the, the sum of the parts that you're creating kind of a, a third brain in your group that that has tremendous wisdom and there's just great synergy there. So that's one way of doing it would be a mastermind group. So, you know, if you want to learn leadership, you want to get better in your leadership. So look up leadership masterminds, you know, on a personal level, weight loss masterminds, relationship masterminds. Oh, I suppose they have them for, you know, stopping to do things like smoking or drinking as well as things you want to start doing. I love mastermind groups for the accountability piece as well, because I I say to them, OK, here's what I'm going to do between now and the next meeting. And I know that they're going to hold me accountable for that. So that's number six. Step number seven is to check on in on your progress at least weekly. Create a system to keep track of what you've done what you still need to do, are you on track where you want to be? So setting some benchmarks, especially if it is a larger goal 
then you probably want to have maybe weekly or monthly benchmarks. Anything from notes that you put in your calendar to an Excel spreadsheet to a formal project management tool is going to do the trick as long as it's easy for you to use and accessible to you. So go with whatever works as long as you will use it. Part of the checking in process is making mid-course corrections. Is there a new step you need to introduce into your process? Has, has the goal morphed a little bit since you started and you need to adjust some subsequent steps because the goal has changed? Do you need to adjust your timeline? And that is hopefully due to circumstances outside of your control. Let's say that that goal about asking for a raise, the boss says, hey, I can't meet with you until September. And there's nothing you can do about that, that change. So then that's going to affect your preparation for that meeting because now it's going to be three months later. Number eight, step number eight is to celebrate the win. This is the fun part, and it's the part that many people forget. This is your opportunity to give yourself a pat on the back, recognize the people who helped you get wherever it is you wanted to go, and reflect on how you grew in achieving the goal. Because I firmly believe that the benefit of goal setting is who you have to become along the way. It's not so much about, did I reach that financial goal? Did I lose the amount of weight I wanted to lose? Did I get the 20% raise I asked for? But how did I grow and who did I have to become in the process? If you weren't successful, then I want you to celebrate that growth and the learning and not, you know, that you didn't lose the the 20 pounds you wanted to lose or you didn't get the 20% raise you only got 10%. Well, okay, you did get some raise and you learned a lot and grew a lot along the way. If you weren't successful, you, you know, then you want to look at do I want to tack that goal on again? Do I want to continue to work towards that goal or am I satisfied with the movement that I did have? Okay, I wanted to lose 20 pounds, I lost 15. Am I willing to stop there? Do I want to stop there? Is it really important for me to finish the last five pounds? Or do I want to move on to something else and and move on to a new goal? And then step nine, use the momentum that you have gained in this goal to choose another goal. So rather than saying, okay, reach that goal, time for a break, let's move right into another goal And I think one of the major benefits of goal setting along the lines of becoming who you are meant to be and becoming a better version of yourself in the in the achieving of that goal, it's how you improve your relationship with yourself. You learn to have your own back and to say, you know, to to know in your own mind that when I set my mind on something, I do it. You can take it to the bank. It's going to get done. And that is such a huge win, no matter what goal you set. And, and frankly, no matter how much success you make in achieving the goal, if you're doing the things, right, if you're doing the things every day towards the goal and the boss says no to the raise or, you know, you, you don't lose as much weight as you wanted to lose, you had your own back throughout the process and you developed a better relationship with yourself. And then, as I said, leverage that improved relationship to select another goal. Give yourself a moment to enjoy the view from the previous goal. When I think about goal setting, for some reason, the visual that I always get without exception is 
and I'm afraid of heights, so this is interesting that this is my vision, but it's these people who climb up the side of mountains and hills and like fools and you know they i'll see pictures of them or i'll be watching a movie and they will get to a little outcropping of a of a rock where they can sit for a moment and they've got their carabiners and their whatever there they have so they're still hooked up and they're safe but they take a moment to enjoy the view because what's the point of the climb if you don't get to enjoy the climb right but they don't sit there for very long right? They can't for obvious reasons. They're not done and it's not safe and they are going to be hungry soon or whatever it is. So then they get back on and keep climbing. But do take a moment after you've achieved that goal or made progress, whatever the status, before you continue the climb and choose another goal. And one final note, if this is a concept that is maybe new to you or you've struggled with goal setting before, you haven't had your own back in the past, start with something small. Think of it as building a muscle. You don't have any muscles in the area of goal setting that I don't want you to start, you know, with a 250 pound dead weight lift, right? So think of something tiny. So let's say... Let's just take a personal example, and, I, and I'll give you a professional one. I'm thinking of some things off the top of my head. I don't have these in my notes, so extemporaneously. Let's say that you are not a particularly neat person. Let's, let's use that same example for home and work. So let's say that your goal is to organize your guest bedroom closet by the end of February. So that's a nice small goal, right? If you're in general, not someone who is very organized, your your space tends to look fairly messy. Maybe you are got a little skosh of hoarder in there. Then we're going to take a closet. We're not taking the main bedroom closet because that's probably going to be more of a nightmare. We're going to take the guest bedroom closet. We're going to organize it and, and we would want to be specific about what does that mean. But that's what we're going to do. And the same thing. So if you want to have a neater space at work, maybe there's a file cabinet you want to clean out in the next month. Or, you know, you want to get there's some goal around not letting emails sit in your inbox. It could be something like that. So start small and develop that relationship with yourself. Get used to having your own back before you take on something huge and you know, maybe with as great a consequence. So I hope that these suggestions have helped you. I'm going to go over those steps one more time. So number one is to choose the general area that you want to set a goal in. Step number two is set a SMART goal in that area. Step three is to write down all the ways that this isn't going to work, all the problems that you can foresee. And then step four is develop a strategy for each of those problems. Step five is calendaring in your steps to success. Step six, get an accountability partner. Step seven, check in on your progress at least once a week, but definitely regularly. Step eight, celebrate the win. Step nine, use the momentum to choose another goal. I hope this has been helpful. First episode back in 2023. Here's as we plug on towards episode 300. We're, we're on our way to 300. Uh, that's pretty darn exciting. So I hope that, <laughs> and that's a whole goal right there, right? I could talk to you about my, my goal setting around my podcast, but I hope this has given you some food for thought and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. 
Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.